back from saying lot sports, but we are stupid, but we might be your kind of stupid. Um, so I know we talked a couple of weeks ago about Juan Soto turning down the $440 million contract over 14, 15 years and basically saying, trade me because y'all suck. Um, so the fire sale in Washington has been completed, not in DC because it has yet to start, um, but in the Washington Nationals. So they traded him to San Diego. Um, San Diego is basically going all in, trying, trying to do become relevant at all. Um, I saw an article today. It was like, oh, does this make them the best uh, team in the in the National League? No, doesn't even make them the best team in their in their division. The Dodgers have like a 13 game lead or something. <laughs> um, and it got me got me thinking. Like, is there really ever a trade mid season where the team wins the championship because of that trade? I, I I thought of two. I didn't know if you guys could think of any. In any sport. In any sport. Any sport. A midseason trade that allowed that allowed the team to win the championship. Hmm. Was Powell Gasol midseason or was he beginning of that? I season? thought that was before the season started. I thought was that was mid-season? off season. Off season. All right. Um, mm. Midseason trade. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the two that came to mind was Rashid Wallace to Detroit. Oh, that was midseason? That was midseason. Oh, wow. And also Detroit was um, trading away Adrian Dantley for Marco for James Aguirre. Okay. Gave him gave him uh, you know, Dantley was a was a better scorer, but kind of gave them a, a more another ball handler. Yeah. But those were the only two trades that like Mid-season trades that, that led to a championship. I know in baseball, it happens a little, a little more frequently. Um, I, th- I think it ha- actually it has been happening the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't happen. So I'm, I'm like, great. You, San Diego, great. You got a player who's not going to resign with you. He, he would be stupid to sign with that team because they're not going to be able to afford him with, with Machado's contract. And you you mortgage your future. So congratulations, you're going to be irrelevant again. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, I'm thinking in, in baseball, like, and maybe you guys can correct me because I, I don't know. So, like, do they have like a cutoff or some type of trade deadline? Basically, it just was today at four o'clock. Oh, well, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> right. way, way to be up on it. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, because I, because I figured that you know between the, the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers, it seems as if they're able to find ways and loopholes through rules and stuff to be able to acquire whoever they want. So I, I didn't figure well, that hey, out. that wasn't the Dodgers used to spend money, but not like this. No, they, this is like they've turned to the Yankees West now. Well, yeah. and <laughs> this is all magic, and not yeah, just- yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, was all so happy. I was so happy when you bought the team. I was like, oh, here we go. There yep. it is. And now we have talent coming in all the, all over the place and championships. And it's been great. Yeah. And see, and, and here's the really funny thing. So two, two funny pieces. Baseball does not have a salary gap. They have a luxury tax. Um, so if you spend over a certain amount of money on your roster, you have to pay a luxury tax. Most teams don't care. Like most teams do not care. Yankees, Red Sox don't care. Um, but on top of that, the teams with the highest uh, roster don't normally win. Yeah. Now, like like the Red Sox, I, I want to say that they're 
Um, their salary is their, their payroll. I want to say is like 300 million this year. It's something insane. And their record is 52 and 52. They are a 500 team. Their, their yeah. records is basically how much money they're spending. Damn. <laughs> so it, it, it doesn't mean anything. It really, you know, it's just like hockey. It's, if you get hot at the right moment, you can catch lightning in a bottle. The the difference is with baseball, you got to be hot for a very very long time. Because uh, this is probably the most we're going to talk about baseball the entire year. Um, but um, but the Mariners went. I'm, in- I'm a I'm a Dodgers fan, and I can tell you right now, the influx of talent that's happened in the past four or five years has yeah. definitely made a huge difference. Yes. <laughs> so, including a World Series title. Yep. Um, but like the the Mariners, right before the All Star break, won. Once it was like 15 games in a row, and then ran into. I, I jokingly called it the bus all of the Astros. I don't know if there were trash cans involved or not. Um, and and right now they're 55 and 49. After winning 15 in a row, they're 55 and 49. Dang. So oh, and ironically, I was looking up. So the, the Astros actually had one of those midseason trades. Because they traded for Verlander the year they um, quote unquote won the the World Series, and and I know we don't put asterisks next to things, but that one <laughs> needs an asterisk and like a big write up and, and plaque and the whole thing. And how is the, was Mookie Betts a preseason situation? Yes. Okay. Because he's been huge for the Dodgers. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't even watch baseball that much, but every time I do, they're talking about damn Mookie Betts every time. <laughs> every time. Yeah. So, and, and again, this is like the most we're talking about baseball. Um, so I think it was 2001. We're like, we're like apologizing for talking about baseball. Sorry, oh, guys. I'm sorry. This, sorry. This, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're sorry. We're rambling. We're definitely is, rambling. This is what happens when I don't, when I don't prep. This is you know, where we stand. Um, so in, in 2001 is when uh, Barry Braun set the, the home run record with, I want to say 76 or 73. I think it's 76. Um, after 104 games. He had 42 home runs. And yet today, Aaron Judge played 104 games, 42 home runs. 73 is the record. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, is it the record or is it the record? Oh, <laughs> what <well>, do you <laughs> We can't even get into all that. <laughs> I look at it this way baseball did this to itself, they allowed well, it. So uh, they can sort it out. Let me know when you figure it out. And see, and here's how I look at it. it wasn't the wasn't only the hitters that were juicing? No, the pitchers were juicing too. So, to me, it's an even playing field. I it just bugs me though, because like yeah. how many people how many people missed their shot at the league that could actually play? Just oh. they just weren't taking steroids. Yeah, well, that was actually the thing with um, Mike Fires um, when he got traded from Houston. And his his career tanked. He just he went to the athletic and went, look, look, this is why I was good in Houston. <laughs> they were cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and and people and I think there's still litigation going on. The players that were bouncing back and forth between the, the majors and the minors that when they played Houston, they couldn't hit and it cost them a contract. They're like, um, guys, like this isn't fair. Yeah, well, tough. You're going against a billionaire. Being a shady person is a is a feature, not a bug. 
<laughs> Unfortunately. Yep. So that was our baseball talk. <laughs> right. It's over. We did it. We got through it. We actually sounded like we knew what the hell we were talking about. Our yeah. annual baseball discussion. <laughs> well, not and not annual. We'll we'll bring it back up with the World Series. Okay, so biannual. <laughs> biannual. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I was uh, I I kind of do this every so often with my wife about music and and best decade because she's a little bit younger than I am. Um, we, we, we joke about what decade had the best music. What was the best for music anyway? Oh, I can't do this with you people. <laughs> um, and, and I, I tell her, it's like, okay, first of all, you got to take out the worst because if, if you have a decade where you've got achy, breaky heart, Rico Suave, Macarena, and who let the Seven, dogs out? <laughs> the, the, the mid sixties. Yes. To 1980 was like the best music on the face of the earth. Well, okay. And so he, and here, here's my argument with that is I don't disagree that some of the best songs were created during that spam, but I would, I would argue that the eighties into the nineties was the best for music because you had more genres of music that were popular. Mm. All basically all of the music we listen to today comes from the seventies. You, you could trace its roots back to it. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm partial to the 70s, mid 60s to like 1980, maybe even like 85, 65, 85. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I would argue that like in the 80s, because the 80s had the rise of hip hop, the radio, the 80s had more the branching out of rock. So you had more, more to choose from. Yeah, more is not always better. This is true. More, more also means watered down. Well, and, and that, that goes back to my point. Not so much what, what era had the best music, but what era was the best for because music. Because what they did get into in the mid-80s to 90s, which is the worst thing that's ever happened to music, is the clones. You're talking like the It's like back bands? in the... Like Nirvana Breaks, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, like all the people from Seattle all sound the same all you know what i mean like everybody's trying to hit that same chord mm -hmm. whereas like in the 60s and 70s everybody's doing their own fucking thing now the a record company might produce a group to be like the opposition or their version of this but it wasn't the goal of every individual band to sound like this band you see what i'm saying I, I see what you're saying, but I would obviously argue that, okay, so Nirvana, I was more Pearl Jam started the, the grunge trend, but Nirvana took it. Um, but then you had Chris Cornell of Soundgarden kind of take it to another level. You had Lane Staley of um, Alice in Chains to kind of take it to a different level. Yeah, they might sound different. They might sound the same to someone who's not in that scene, but they all provided something different. Now, granted, you could, you could say the same for the, the new rock in the late nineties with that whole bullshit, but that's uh, a whole different conversation. I don't know how people listen to Allison Chains. That's just music for suicide. <laughs> I don't know how anybody it's like the nineties Pink Floyd. Oh no, because you can be sober and listen to Allison Chains. Uh, not me. I'm gonna, to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to be pretty I'm gonna have to be pretty 
I'm gonna have to be pretty stoned and preoccupied to let somebody play Alice in Chains around me. I'm gonna have to be pretty stoned to, to listen to an entire album of Pink, uh, Pink Floyd. Oh, I'm not a big Pink Floyd fan either. That shit's the '70s music for suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Dorian, do you have anything to add to this conversation? Uh, all I know is this: I know that um, I've listened to um, Alice in Chains. I think it was what. I think it was twice, and I was a little creeped out. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let, let me just, let's just do this. 65 to 85. This is what I'm talking about here. All of Michael Jackson's, like, most important works. You don't include bad in that conversation? Uh, I mean, once we got the Thriller album, it's all been kind of downhill from there. It was all good. It was all good, but none of it was Thriller. Well, you could also, you also says uh, like he literally had a, mid- a midlife crisis when his head caught fire. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, no, but I'm serious. Like all of Michael Jackson's like most important works, like the Jackson Five and Thriller, and even the next album. What's the, next album? Wasn't bad, was it? There's one more in between. I can't remember. I, I thought there was one between I thought, Thriller I thought and Bad. Thriller came out in '84, and Bad was '87. Let me check that. I thought Thriller was '82 or three. No, uh, 80. Michael Jackson. This is what happens when we don't prep. Yeah, but that's that's how we get some fun conversations. <laughs> this <too>. is true. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Farewell, My Summer Love. I don't remember that album. Oh, it's a compilation album. Okay, so Thriller was 83. His next studio album was 87, was, was bad. Boy, that's a good album to carry you for four years, isn't it? Yep. Um, yeah, and so listen, 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 listen to all the of Michael Jackson, Led Zeppelin. Okay. All right. All of the funk that was ever invented, like all of it, from James, James Brown to all of the funk that came from James Brown forward which gives you like all of your rap beats from now, from the beginning of time till now, almost all the samples have come out of the seventies music, yeah. some form or another. Yeah. Um, that 85 would also include the, the birth of new wave hair bands. Like that's the most important time in music history. 65 mm, to 85. I, I would, I would disagree that hair bands was the eighties was, was, I just, I just 80s. got you on the thriller thing. You really want to do this too? Cause I would say that, <laughs> Okay, I mean, like you, we can argue about a lot of things, but you're barking up the wrong tree if we're talking about music. Okay, <laughs> what do you consider? Do you consider Poison a hairband? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. At Poison, um, Rat, um, Dio, like uh, that whole um, Dio AD. wouldn't consider a hairband. <laughs> Dio's a rock band, but not a hairband. Here's band. here's the thing. This is what gets me about Christians. You don't get to tell other people. You know what I mean? Like poison doesn't get to tell people they're not Christian just because they behave differently. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. You see what I'm saying? So Dio technically because of their screeching guitars and hair, probably I could probably lump them in there. I will have to agree with you and say they're on the fringe at least at best. Okay. But like bands like that, um, white snake. Yeah. You know, that's the hair band era and man, even early Van Halen, I guess, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, uh, although Sammy Hagar was a better <laughs> uh, frontman than. Well, no, I'll take it back. Whoa, whoa, hey, no, no, whoa, no, 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 no. I, I, I spoke. Hagar was a better singer. Roth was a better frontman. I got chest pains. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, no, I like David Lee Roth. He, he's a great frontman. He's not a good singer. But I'm just saying, like, so much happened musically from 65 to 85 that has impacted every aspect of music from th- that point forward. Well, and you got to understand that like before 65, I want to say, you know, don't, don't forget 59 is the day that the music died. So I'm from 59 until the Beatles music was basically shit. And now I want to say the Beatles were 63. Is that, is that about right? That's, that's in that area. So yeah, I mean, the Beatles and the Stones, they, they basically launched rock and roll, which them and, them and Elvis stealing and from black men. And you know, men. the Stones have not aged well. Um, the Keith Richards listen, has. The more I listen <laughs> to him, no, he's looked that way since for like 30 years now. Um, the more I listen to him, the less I like him, to be honest with you. It's just kind of basic shit. Well... Compared to to now, with what a lot of people are doing now, no, no, I listen to I you I will send you my Spotify playlist if you want. I listen to a lot of sixties and seventies stuff, so like I'm still in that like space, and it just doesn't carry as well as some other music to me. Okay, my personal opinion, you know. Yeah. You're you're being awfully quiet over there. No, I'm, I'm just listening. I love, I talk about music all day, every day, right? So to be able to be on a show to where we talk about sports and music, like this is like heaven. Um, <laughs> so what are you listening to right now? Um, right now, I am Better, better be JT Money. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was oh, yeah. You, you guys don't want to know my playlist right now. You guys both know why I've been listening to JT Money. Um, but not only JT Money, I've been <laughs> listening to. <laughs> um, I've been listening to uh, "Songs in the Key of Life" by Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I've listened to that. I've been also listening to the Isley Brothers as well, um, "Footsteps in the Dark" one and two, and I've listened to their greatest hits. I got all that on my Spotify. Yeah, yeah, I, I awesome. and another thing is too. Do you know um you know the singer Bobby Caldwell? He sings this song yeah. What You Wanna Do for Love? Yeah. Well, you know, um he has a song, I think it's called uh Light My Flame. Hmm, I don't called? know if I've heard that. I'll have to look at Light up. My Flame. But anyway, um Biggie Small sampled that song with the song Sky's the Limit. Oh, okay. So if you guys ever listen to it, it's called uh, the song by Bobby Caldwell Light My Flame. Because I was listening to it and I'm like. Wait a minute. Have I heard that before? I love doing that. I love then, doing that. Oh, my, I, I do that with my daughter, and she gets pissed at me because when I play under pressure, she thinks it's vanilla ice. <laughs> no, sorry. It's not. <laughs> I do that to my kids, too. <laughs> the correct version. You should, see some, you should see some of the looks we get when we're playing some of this music out of the back of the moving truck, and like somebody will walk up behind us and be like, how the hell do you know that song? 
<laughs> well, it's it's so funny because like when she goes to school, like her uh, teachers will play music and kind of in the background while they're you know, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, my daughter was like, "Oh, I know this song. I know this song." Our teachers were looking at like, "How the hell do you know these songs?" Oh, my dad's old. Yep, we're old, and this yep. this music is great. Yes, and that's what I tell them. Like, listen to Queen. And I here's the thing: is like. We're not even being homers. This is music that no. came out before us. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, this is, this is just respect. Like something yeah. happened along the way where it became about the image. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be about image and talent. Right. Now it's so image based yeah. and we'll figure out the talent with auto tune or we'll I replace have your three, band members. Or I have three like letters for so you. Frustrating. Three letters for you that will, that will tell you what changed. M T V. Uh, you know, I would think so, but they supported talent for a long time. Yes. And then they and did. Then, and well, no, then they went to making reality TV and ruined the whole situation. <clears throat> but video killed the radio star. 100%. You look at, look at Christopher Cross. He's a good example. I'm sure both y'all know who Christopher Cross is. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely popular on the radio. Like I think he had like two or three number one hits, and then MTV played his video, and people, women went, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm honest, but you know, to a point, it's like image is everything. But the video I saw with the Migos getting booed at Rolling Loud, that what that does is people <laughs> after a certain while you can't be a gimmick. For, you can only no. it, it lasts for Man, so long. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're cool, I, but now you got to take it somewhere else. Absolutely. I, I would I would counter that with Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, realistically, yes. Yeah, he, he's a gimmick. He's uh, he's a talented gimmick artist, but yeah. he's a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, st- he's still going to this day. Yeah. But th- then again, I mean, <laughs> if, if you want to be like David Adon Cole and, and be like that, that's fine. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you've got you've got to have talent. Yeah. Got to have talent. Absolutely. Do you know what I read too? Um, I was reading about Millie Vanilli, right? And sad. Millie Vanilli, super sad. Right. They weren't the first European stars that would uh, take American music and then go over to Europe and have and lip sync it, right? Um, you know, you know that song. I think it's called uh, "Changes." Um, the only "Changes" song I think of is David Bowie. Uh, no, 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 not not that one. Uh, I can't think of how it goes. Um, I can't think of it. But anyway, there's a there was a group from I think they were from Germany, and they came up with this '70s hit called Changes. And what happened was they took this unknown studio singer by the name of I think Luther Vandross. He saw unknown, the song, yeah. <laughs> and then they took it over to Europe, and they put some other you know black guy to sing it and over in europe people thought that that was the guy but in the united states people like because even even luther vandross he spoke about it in an interview and and he was like he did that for like some chump change i think they paid like a hundred dollars or something to sing that Mm. but but everybody thought that that guy over in europe was the right was was a singer but then you can find out that a lot of a lot of bands from europe were taking american singers and stuff like that 
and then they would in well, America we would know it's them over there. Well, was, because that that was all before really you could go across, you could have like intermingling mm-hmm. of talent because what was happening in Europe was happening in Europe, what was happening here was happening yeah. here, and you didn't really, there wasn't much crossover. Um, I mean, it, but it still ha- it still happened. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows the song "Go to Make You Sweat." Mm-hmm. Yeah, who sang it? Uh, it was Martha um, Wash. Yeah, Martha Wash. She, she was never, not. She was never credited. Nope. Yeah. Didn't she? Uh, they went to court about that, didn't they? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good. And I want to say that she sang. Um, I want to say it was the Black Box song too. Black Box said the same. Stole her. Stole her song. Um. Well, what was that song? I forget the name of the song, but yeah, I, I didn't want to talk say, about. Yeah. Yeah. She sued a couple of people actually. Yeah, because I mean, she would go in like for four hundred bucks a day, do a recording set, and then leave. And on the radio, you're like. What the hell? That, that's me. Yeah, I need yeah. my money. Yeah. Exactly. Um, was it someone recently uh, who lip sync on stage and they like drove her for it? Ashley Simpson? Is that who you're thinking Simpson. of? Yeah. Recently? <laughs> it was 20 years ago. <laughs> was, it, was it 20 years ago? It was like, yeah. Was yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's somewhere old. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I, want, I, I, want I to thought say, I was the pothead. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that she lip synced um, on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and her own shit. Did, yeah, her own shit. Not even a cover. And like it was the wrong song. And then like I want to say it was like two or three days later, she was supposed to sing at the Orange Bowl, and they booed her off stage. Good. You know that I want to say it was what's it? The, it was Oklahoma and. Florida or Oklahoma and USC? It was a national championship game and they did boot her out of the stadium. Good. <laughs> That's what you get for being fake as hell. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't like that. That's why I like that older music. That's where the talent really is. Um, it still exists in some people nowadays. Um, Ed Sheeran's pretty talented. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. You know who who's talented that we don't often think about? Oh, Post Malone's pretty damn talented. That's true. Yeah, Christina Aguilera is really talented. Yeah, she she can sing and um, uh, she she's becoming uh, a better songwriter too. At first, when she first came out, she didn't really write her songs. But as time progressed, she started writing songs. What she didn't write "Genie in a Bottle"? What? <laughs> I'm over the divas. That was cute. That was cute for a little bit. Now it's just like either sing or shut the fuck up. <laughs> You gotta rub it the right way. Well, what's really funny about that? So if you Eminem listen to did, the, yeah, <laughs> and they, they she, he argued over who who should give ED two first. Um. <laughs> A lot of people hate on early Eminem, say he was just starting shit for no reason. I was like, so no, no, so early Eminem is classic, bro. But classic. I, I was sitting there uh, talking to some friends about the Super Bowl. I believe we were talking about like what what song could he play? We talked about it last year. That's yeah, right. what's what song could he play? He mm. can't play any of the early stuff. No, no, he's limited himself to. Um, it's lose yourself, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, that's it, it. yeah, for shows like that, it's lose yourself, and maybe stand. <laughs> I mean, you know how many people he killed on his first album? Oh yeah, Man, he went after everybody. Everybody. Yeah, pretty sure he killed. Pretty sure he killed his ex-wife like four times. <laughs> 
And you know what? And, and I, I think that chip on Eminem's shoulder, I think that's why him and 50 Cent are like this, because they both came in with a chip on their shoulder. Well, 50 Cent also shows a lot of respect to Eminem for like, yeah. you know, yeah, like he, so that's cool to see that from 50. Like, yeah, he said himself, like Eminem is his brother. He said, he said, like, no, nah, ain't nobody touching him. Like, he'll go to war for Eminem. Eminem say he do the exact same thing. Like, really <laughs> and he will, him. and he will piss on G Unit in a second. Yeah. <laughs> in a second. God damn. God damn. <laughs> if, if they ever see G Unit and Ja Rule on the line and 50 Cent coming, you better get out of the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, who goes first, that or Eminem against Machine Gun Kelly? That was no contest. Have you heard those songs? <laughs> yes. Have you heard those songs? Yeah. Machine Gun Kelly can rap. I give it to him. He, he got barred. The thing, the thing with me with uh, Machine Gun Kelly is that, like, you can't, okay, you've already made it known before that whatever beef that was happened that, Eminem was an inspiration to why you start doing things. So it's kind of like you already gave him his like you already gave him his product. Just Bro, you know, let that shit die. Just let it he switch he switched genres after Eminem dissed him. Right. He, yeah. Eminem made him quit. Yeah. He fucking destroyed that kid. Yeah. Eminem made a lot of people quit. Remember, uh, remember Benzino? I had to give you a career to destroy it. <laughs> he said that shit to him yeah. i had to give you a career to destroy it exactly you know coming back from that no yeah and he tells him to his face like i don't he basically says i don't want to do this because i'm just giving you shine by even dressing this shit yeah and now you want me to do this and here i am yeah. you picked the wrong one Nobody fucks with him. Nobody starts fights with them. Not nobody starts verbal altercations with Eminem. Nobody. All. And there's some good ones out there. Yeah. Not at all. And here's another thing too. We know for sure Eminem's writing his own shit. Yeah. Do we know that about MGK? Fair there you go. There you go. I know he's getting credit for it. Yeah. He also drinks his girlfriend's blood. Probably herpes infect infested. Isn't he still with Megan Fox? I I am not drinking anybody that has spent any amount of time in Hollywood's blood. No. Now who knows what's in it? Jesus, at least cocaine for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. We sound like Hicks. It's hilarious though. (laughs) Hey, we haven't said let's go Brandon yet. They did. They did the cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Cocaine and tape. You don't want no parts of this, Dewey. <laughs> um, real quick, um, I know we in in the group chat we had. I sent the uh, the opinion of like if uh, the four NBA former NBA stars if they played in today's NBA, who would be more dominant and vice versa. Someone pointed something out to me about. Uh, Sharif Abdur-Rahim. I didn't notice, but apparently Sharif Abdur-Rahim from high school to up to like, I think his um, I think his sophomore year, because he he left his second year out of Cal. Apparently, he played he played point and shooting guard. But as he grew, they were like, you're growing, so you got to be a four. That's so, what happened with Anthony Davis, too. Right, right, exactly. Like, Ku coach would be cooking sons of bitches right now in this league. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, Kukoc hands down. Okay, okay, I'm I'm gonna say this. Um, Kukoc could be a top fifteen player. Who's he replacing? <laughs> I gave you that list in the group chat. Who's oh. he replacing? Let me see. Let me see if the list. Kukoc was playing right some. now. Let me see. I, I listed the top 11. I didn't go 15 because some dipshit said he would be top 10. It's over there. <laughs> Who, Kukoc right now? Yeah, Yes. Dorian said that if, Kukoc, if Tony Kukoc was playing today, he'd be a top 10 NBA player. He could. He'd be top 15 for sure. Okay, so let's, let's get a top 10 to see who, who would take it. Okay. I mean, compared to for what? Mm, yeah, let's, let, let's see. Let's make the list. That's okay, so here, here's the list I send at the top top 11 players. Okay. He's Chet Holmgren with meat on the bones. Okay, let, let's just let's just call, you know, let's just call facts. <laughs> top top 11 players that I listed and you guys can disagree. Giannis, Durant, Curry, Luka, Booker, Kawhi, LeBron, Jokic, Dame, Embiid, and John Morant. Who among those is Tony Kukoc? If he plays today, is he better than? That's Dorian. You got to name four more for me to replace somebody. I told you that. I said fifteen. Um. Well, actually, you counted. Well, you counted eleven. So yeah, that's what I said. I mean, yeah. So I need four more. I mean, if he keep up, keep up. Come on. He's six eleven. What two thirty? <clears throat> more than likely, they'll probably have him. Uh, probably small forward. Probably, well, he could play center too. Uh, small be, ball. No, he does. Too, he's too skilled to be in there. He's a he's a three four. You'd be too slow good. to play a three. They're going to stick him at the four. Unless they play, unless they play against the Warriors, then more likely he'll go up against Draymond because he just played Draymond at five. And pull Draymond right out front of that basket too. Exactly. All right, so maybe top eleven. Uh, maybe you got to put maybe maybe not top ten, but. Like BJ say, top fifteen. I'll, I'll go with that. Top fifteen. Top fifteen. Yeah, yeah because his his best year, Tony Kukoc, his best year was actually not in Chicago. Best year, best year in a different era. It's a different kind. I'm, I'm less, not. Less, I'm not less talking. possessions. Less possessions. Three point shots were not allowed like this. Like they were taking in flow instead of being the offense. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Andy's Andy's left-handed. Shit. Yeah, the most games he ever started was fifty-five. Most games he ever started in the season was fifty-five games. They didn't have load management back then either. No. Yeah. Load management. He he's gravy. <laughs> I mean, at, once he once Jordan left, Kukoc never started more than forty-four games this season. Is that a testament to Jordan? How on the ass of the players he's on? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and then when he played with another superstar, Allen Iverson, he averaged eight. Kukoc is actually a six eleven point guard, technically, because <clears throat> he he played point with Croatia. Yeah. Now you asked me uh, of those players who, who would be the best. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was Sharif Abdul-Lahim, Tony Kukoc, Larry Johnson, and I forget who the fourth was. Glenn oh. Robinson. Glenn Robinson. My, I put Glenn Robinson up there with Tony. Glenn Robinson, he was out there jacking up threes before it was fun. Yeah, and, and to me, Grandma Ma's the best of, of those four. 
Grandma Larry Johnson could play in today's game and dominate. And to, to, to answer my own question, if Larry Johnson was playing today with the training and the health regiment that they have today, yeah. he's a better Embiid. Larry Johnson was 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's about six, 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 seven, right between there. So, so he'd be a mixture of like Zion Williamson and like freaking. Now he had the strength of Giannis because he was strong as hell. Yeah. Well, he has the strength of both of them actually. Um, but no, but no, you you're right. He would um. I'll tell you what, he'll he'll give Draymond Green a run for his money. Hell. <laughs> Hell, I think he'd give LeBron a run for his money, to be 100% honest with you. Because he, he's got the size and the strength to go against LeBron. Yeah. yeah. And people don't give credit for it. When he was a Charlotte. He could handle the rock, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there were several big men in that time that, that could handle. Yeah. Chris Webber came out of that, that era. Yeah. BJ, you're on mute. Okay. That was my second favorite NBA Jams team. Charlotte Hornets. Number one was the Sonics. Number two is the yeah. Hornets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I remember right, it was Larry Johnson and Muggsy Bogues. And Alonzo Mourning. Alonzo Mourning, yeah. Ooh. You know what, what happened to the to the small guy who used to play in the NBA? I guess that's off to league now, right? I, Isaiah Thomas. Bogues. Isaiah Thomas was just in the league a couple years ago. It was 5'8". Yeah. Yeah, to, to that end, though, I mean, it's very rare that a guy smaller than Steph, because you, you talk about small guys, and Steph is pretty small. He's, he's six, six, two, six, six, three. Six, six, two, six, three. He, when we compare the peak, and he's small. Um, but as far as like a Muggsy Bogues or a Spud Webb, Earl, Earl Boykins, five, five, played for years. Yeah, he did. Started for a while. Yep. Yeah. But it is crazy. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's. And you guys can can tell me I'm wrong. I don't think there's anybody in the league right now that's under six foot starting. Trey Young's close. Yeah. Trey Young. Six one. He's six foot. I'm. I'm just going by what Wikipedia tells me. Yeah. At, tell Charles. Tell Charles that. Um, Chris Paul, <laughs> six foot. They got them listed at six foot. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know about any under under six footers right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is funny. So when Trey Young was being recruited at a Norman High Norman North High School, he was six two and a half. Five eleven. Jordan McLaughlin is the shortest player in the NBA right now yeah. for this upcoming season. Yeah, and to your point, uh, Dorian, that there just there aren't any. And I don't know. I I don't know if that's that's the league, or if that is just society because no. we've gotten taller. Like just as a whole, society's gotten taller. These guys are so long on the basketball court. Like it's hard for those guys to succeed. You have to be uber talented. That's why there's only been a few of them over the course of, you know, what 50, 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just be honest. Any guy that's six four and knows how to play defense will shut those guys down most of the time. Yeah, yeah, because they can move at a similar pace. They might not be as fast or as agile, but they can move enough to stay near them or in front of them. Right, and then uh, the length will take over. 
So on that note, gentlemen, I think we'll, we'll call it a night for this week. So everyone, this has been Sandlot Sports. Want more Sandlot Sports? Just follow us on Facebook at Sandlot Sports or on Twitter at Sandlot Sports 21.